Bree, welcome to the constant struggle and my backyard for barbecuing. <laughs> Wait, thank you, Nick. I'm still in my office where where there is no barbecue because no. that would be unsafe. There is a barbecue outside. Is Danny barbecuing? No, but he did yesterday because it's mm. that time of year. It's it's the summer months have arrived. Barbecue SZN. That's right. Now, has uh, barbecue SZN affected your work at all? Give me a little update. What's new? What are you working on? Yeah, I knew this question was coming. And Wait, first, uh... <laughs> maybe we should say first, get ready. You're going to have an awesome interview in a second with Kirk McCullough, who's a delightful improviser and a teacher in his day life. Day yeah, life. and we'll get the vegetables out of the, the way first. Of, yes, that's right. That's of... the that's the meat is what you're saying. Mm. The conversation yeah eat your vegetables okay the yummy gotcha. parts that's right okay and anyway yeah uh no i'm not writing at all no. and i'm trying to figure out why like i don't want to hmm. at all what and have you I, been doing instead maybe that'll uh, yeah there's been figure a lot more hanging out with the kids um In indoors outdoors both of the doors okay because it, um, it could just be like we're finally allowed out so you're you know you would rather be outside enjoying you know time with your family than uh, yeah sitting in seclusion in the basement <laughs> i don't you, exactly well that's the thing and the basement's not a very welcoming place right now <laughs> uh -oh. it's a toxic it's a toxic no it's cold toxic is work, what it is. Oh, toxic work environment yeah uh, well you could easily bring your laptop outside i think to your back oh you know? yeah I, I fully intend to get to editing it's uh you know it crosses the mind but i don't know like after a day of work i'm just so done i just need hours of youtube watching like german girls living in scotland foraging in the forest for uh vegan food is this a real thing yeah okay well, did you just think i i finally learned how to improv yeah i was, was like wow I, that was very specific <laughs> that's a that good would, pull yeah <laughs> That is no, sorry. It was a good poll. It wasn't a, I invented it. Okay. I need, uh, I need to know why, why are you watching that? Is it's so it that comforting. Interesting? Oh, okay. She's got good audio in the background. I don't know. It's like ASMR adjacent because she has like the accent. Okay. Wait, the German and, accent. Yeah. And it's like Scotland. Right. So, you know, we can't go there right now because of the global pandemic. So it sounds like all of this is maybe pandemic related. Dude, yeah, I've got the blues, buddy. That's all it is. Okay. That, well, I mean, that happens. That happens to the best of us. I was going to say a lot of people, I think a lot of people in the summertime, have, like I've noticed uh, fewer people are interested in continuing improv classes right now. because mm, you, you should do beach prov. That's how you get it yeah, back. Exactly. Beach prov would be fantastic. Or even park prov, which we've considered. But even then, I think people are like, you know what? I spent all this time online mm. learning all kinds of things and working online at home and doing all this stuff at home. I need like the summer. And that's a very Canadian thing, I think, or a very North. My God. Yeah. The summer is, dude, and baseball even hasn't even kicked in yet. So my, my schedule is going to get nuked with your son's baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's looming on the horizon for this week already. Okay, well, I mean, it's something to look. Is it something you look for? Do you coach? Do you coach him? Or are you coaching? No, him? no, no. I, I'm like official team scorer. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, and yeah, like me and Coop normally do some some like family practice time as well. Okay, well, but he's nice. been he's been injured. He hurt his knee a couple weeks back. Oh no! But he's on the mend. He's okay. getting back to Hundo P. 
Well, fantastic. It's, yeah, it's easier when you're a kid to sort of go back to back to ship shape. Yeah, um, and yeah, anyway, I'll get back to editing so I can share something next month. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. So uh, how is how's your stuff going, like, other than struggling to get improv classes back together? I guess that's it. It's the big struggle right now is getting people to sign up for classes. And, and even people who uh, typically just perform with me, uh, you know, I think some of them are looking for a break, too, because it's been a lot of online stuff, which is it's just kind of ironic that it's like, all right, we're going to maybe do some in-person rehearsals next month. And some people are still like, you know what? I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. Oh, man. It's like, oh, okay. Can you make it online? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm ready for people. But but that's, you know, it's all on the horizon in terms of performing and that kind of stuff because patios are opening up and maybe some outdoor performance spaces are opening up. So we're, oh, you know. Shout out Lakeshore Boulevard in Mississauga. The patio scene there was looking pretty tasty. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they're closing the streets down in St. Catharines and in Niagara, oh. in Niagara Falls. I want to say the main, like the sort of main, like Queen Street, like St. Paul Street, or St. Paul in in St. Catharines and uh, Queen Street, Niagara Falls. That's like. going to be a tasty summer, dude. Yeah, it's just, so we got to find you know where we could put our performances in there. At the same time, uh, at the same time, Second City has just uh, launched a new class that I get to teach or that I yeah. came up with, which is kind of exciting. Oh, okay, a, cool. It's a class on hosting, for the most part, improv classes uh, to help other people learn to host <laughs> improv shows. Cause I thought you were going to say hosting for the mosting. <laughs> I should ha- call it hosting for the mosting. There you uh, go. But that's like, I've been waiting. I've been, I pitched this class to them, like, honestly, years ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's finally, they finally put it up on the website, which feels good. It's going to be a thing. Yeah, it's going to happen. So I'm going to be teaching a hosting class. Um. But I don't know. That depends on how many people sign up because I get the feeling again that a lot of people just want to spend their time outside right now. Mm-hmm. So as as far as I'm like, oh, that's a struggle. I'm also like, I could use a break. Now I can <laughs> I can spend some time outside. Uh, I haven't been to the beach this summer yet at all. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And you know what? I think uh, you know who I think is really looking forward to a summer holiday. Oh, probably like teachers, right? My Bruce? guess is teachers. Yeah, teachers are probably really, really hoping for that uh, those couple months off. And I think, man, uh, it'd be exciting to talk to a teacher to find uh, find out about that. Nick, what? Didn't you know? Oh, what, Bray? <laughs> Kirk McCullough, our guest today, is a teacher. What? <laughs> Wait, it's weird because you talked to him for over an hour. In the he well established the fact that he was a teacher. <laughs> Uh, but you're going to, I think you'll really enjoy this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between listening at home. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> oh, you too, Nick. Yeah. Yay. You enjoy this as we take you to episode 70 of the Constant Struggle podcast with Kurt McCullough, uh, who will tell us all about his sort of improv journey as well as, you know, what it, the struggle to balance your day job, your money job with, uh, with that creative outlet, that creative mm. part of your of your day so it's the nice very thing. nub of our program Ray. that's what i would say well actually that's what you just said anyway <laughs> we'll take you we'll take you there right now i hope you enjoy the episode with kirk struggle on i'll say that at the end of the episode thank you struggle off <laughs> all right we're joined here today with an incredible improviser and uh, i'm sure you're an incredible teacher but i haven't been in kindergarten for a long time kirk mccullough everybody give him a round of applause <laughs> That's yeah 
I can hear the applause. Yes. Welcome, Kirk. So good to see you. Good to um, see you too, Brie. Yeah, I can see you, but the people listening can't. <laughs> uh, Nick, Kirk is an improviser and he's a kindergarten teacher. And uh, we're gonna be we're gonna talk to you about uh, how that how that works. Yes, how does ending. That work? How do I do both the things? I know. Uh, when I <laughs> yes, ending up... our future, guys. That's right. That's true. Thank you. That's true. Because uh, children are the future. You gotta teach people. them well, and yes, and you let them lead the way. Well, th- th- eventually they're gonna have to. You know. That's cause... also very true. <laughs> <laughs> When I'm in the home, I'm hoping they're nice to me. That's all I got to say. They'll remember you from when you taught them and hopefully be good to you. (laughs) Yes. So how, I mean, that's, it's a good point. How, when I told Nick we were going to be speaking with you, he mentioned how much energy it must Mm. require to both improvise and teach young children on a daily basis. Honestly, not even just improv. Like, doing anything after a day of teaching kindergartners requires a lot of energy. (laughs) Yeah. Some energy. How do you do it? That's my question. How? How? (laughs) This is like that Sarah Jessica Parker movie. Just like, I don't know how she does it. How does she do it? How does she do all the things? She's Uh, a woman and she walks? How does she do it? Well, that's a whole (laughs) different Just children and a job? What? Um, no, yeah, I, I think for me, it just came from a place where, uh, you know, like I've been teaching for, I'm going in my 15th or 16th year. Honestly, I've lost count. I guess I started in 2006. Oh, uh, last year didn't count, right? So last year, oh, I know. Yeah, we're resetting <laughs> so many things um, from this past bit. Um, although in some ways, I think it counted double because yeah. I definitely have found this year I'm actually putting in twice the amount of work for maybe half of the results. Uh, just because of, you know, you, everything has shifted to the online realm and yeah. you type everything, form everything, put it all on a link. And then like literally half of the kids will do it because as soon as they are at home with their parents, they, they don't want to do work because, oh. you know, they're they're not me and they get mad at their parents for wanting to teach them. But anyway, yeah. back to back to the kindergarten class. Um, yeah, I was I was I've been teaching kindergarten for the past nine years or so. And absolutely amazing group of kids to work with. Like, I just love the energy off of that age group. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Uh, one of the great things as an adult is, you know, every teacher has their own range that they like to work within, kind of their own little zone. Um, and I know that like, you know, if, if I was a grade six teacher, and this is not to um, minimize anything they do, you know, my, my nine to 3.30 may be way different. But then my 3.30 till whenever the heck they're done marking and doing all those sort of lesson planning is a way longer process. Uh, Whereas for me, you know, like it's kind of a 9 to 3.30 sprint uh, through the day where it's a sprint while juggling, um, while (laughs) writing, while, you know, singing and while doing every other while doing backflips and, you know, and teaching them how to do all of that stuff as well. Uh, So, you know, I definitely found as I was doing it, as you know, as you do anything more and more, you start to get better at it. And then you start to realize like outside of that time, okay, I'm able to refine my practice. So from 8.30 to 3.30, I'm teaching, I do my prep afterwards, I get my stuff ready for the next day. And then I can go home and I'm just kind of like, all right, what's up here? You know, what do I do? Uh, And I was starting to realize that, you know, I was getting creatively, you know, linked into my teaching profession in a way where I was like, I could, put more into this 
to a point, but then you're, you're kind of at a point where it's like, if I'm putting more into this, then that is like my life, right? Like there are some teachers. Well, that's the thing. There are some teachers and and God bless them. They're fantastic, but their personality is their profession. Um, And I know that that wasn't me. So I started to kind of think, it's like, okay, what could I do outside of this? uh, That would be of interest to me. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, about the same time as I started to kind of yeah, I guess I'm almost like a seven year itch of, of teaching kindergarten. Um, I was emceeing some friends' weddings of mine. Um, I had a buddy who uh, was on Dragon's Den and he needed like a shirt model. So I went in and I helped him out with like some promo stuff for that. Uh, and, and as I was doing these experiences, I just had friends going back and say, it's like, you know, you should like really do something with this. Like you should actually get out there and, you know, because you're, you're, you're fun, you're a good presenter, you know, you, hold, you talk well. <laughs> as I just did right there. Yeah. Uh, so why not? So I just thought, okay, why not try looking into improv? Because it's something where I can flex the creative muscles. I can get on stage. Um, and, you know, and I don't have to write anything down, <laughs> which is amazing. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Had, yeah. You, had you done any improv before any of this? Like in, in, I don't know, high school or before you started teaching or anything? Yeah, I did. I did some back in high school. And, uh, you know, did some like acting and plays, um, like student films in university and stuff. Um, and right out of university, uh, I worked for a cruise ship company and I was doing youth activities and youth entertainment for them. So there was a lot of me in front of, you know, large groups trying to entertain, inform, et cetera. So it wasn't something that I wasn't used to. Um, but it was something that as I got further and further into teaching, my audience became my classroom um every day and i kind of missed having that like challenge of being able to go and do something else mm-hmm. so yeah that's very cool uh <laughs> yeah, i like it i gotta know where you went what kind of cruises like where did you go oh i went uh to well so i worked for royal caribbean if i can say the name um <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I always say that it's like i don't know if i can say the name of the company but here it is i'm not gonna slag them <laughs> so i'm gonna say the name uh no i, I went to uh Mexico, uh, the Caribbean, East and West, uh, Panama Canal, Alaska, Northern Europe. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Royal Caribbean. Oh. Did you get lost? What happened? <laughs> they, they, well, they, so for a while, they were only the Caribbean because I started working back when 9-11 was a thing. Oh. And uh, they like literally went all insular. And then fu- after oh. um, doing it for a few years, they started to branch back out. Okay. So by the yeah. tail end, I was, yeah, that's when it went to Northern Europe. That's when it went to like the East Coast of the United States um, and you know a few different places. Um, I saw ads are like coming back on for cruise ships now. And I'm like, yeah. too soon, guys. Too <laughs> yeah, soon. I <laughs> I think we are being very hopeful that that is going to be a safe experience. But uh, no way. <laughs> and I was going to say experience. And then my mouth said experiment. And I'm like, should I correct that? No, that's right. It's an experiment at this point. Yeah. yeah. Literal <laughs> Petri dish. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, that's something. I'm sure the... Uh... I'm sure the pandemic has made things um, for teachers quite difficult. And I can only Uh, imagine, I guess you brushed on it a little bit, but um, I can only imagine for a teacher of kindergartners, like that's, it's one thing if the kid's old enough to be responsible and to know how to do homework, but this is their like, and read and read. Yes. This is their like intro to school and they're still at home with their parents. So uh, how, how, how does she do it? <laughs> you know, it, it's found the name of the episode. Yeah, how? <laughs> how do you do this? Uh, well, you know, the funny thing is, like, with the improv and teaching, like, I've actually found that there's a lot of 
uh, interplay, especially at the kindergarten level. The one thing about kindergarten, every grade has a curriculum where you're supposed to meet like these particular benchmarks. So for instance, if you're in grade one, you're supposed to be able to do math addition up to sums of, I, I can't remember exactly 50 or a hundred or something like that. Um, you know, and in grade six, it obviously goes up incrementally. Kindergarten, the whole thing is like explore the relationships of numbers, hmm. right? So there's no way for a kid to fail kindergarten, um, rightfully so, because that would be how devastating would that be oh for a small God. kid to have that happen to them. But it does give you as a teacher a lot of leeway. So one of the things that happens in my class is, you know, we always make sure we're celebrating whatever success a kid has. Right. Um, weaving that into the online world, it, it kind of becomes similar because you have to be okay with the fact that you're going to be a TV show for some of the kids. Mm -hmm. And as yeah. soon as you are done teaching your lesson, they are turning you off and they're going outside to play. Uh, and, and I've said to parents, I don't want you fighting your child to do this schoolwork. Right. We'll try and do as much as we can. Here's some extra stuff. Please don't compromise your relationship with your kid to make a pattern out of blocks, you know, like they will get that. We will catch them up. Every teacher knows they're in that same sort of headspace. So yeah. we'll get them there at some point. So I, I just find like, you know, you have to, you have to put it out there from a strictly work standpoint so that there's content and then just have to be ready for whatever you get back and kind of not take it personally. If you, put something out there that you think is really cool and two kids finish the assignment. Mm. Uh, That's a good point. I remember, so our sister Pam is a high school teacher and she was kind of like, oh, so, uh, right now, like high school kids I find are not being great at listening <laughs> and participating yeah. and being interested because like, I don't know, you're a teenager. You'd, I'm sure you'd rather be doing other things. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if, yeah, like if two kids finish the homework or are listening, if I could tell two kids are listening, I'm like, great. <laughs> that's a win today oh Ugh. so it makes me so sad for teachers yeah well you know we're we're here to do the job and i think you know we're all such perfectionists within our own little fiefdom um <laughs> teachers don't like not having control of a situation and who the hell has control in a pandemic right exactly. absolutely nobody so I've had to talk to colleagues of mine. You know, I'm, I, I'm the union rep for my school as well this year, which has been very interesting. Oh, um, and there's been people who've been like, oh, oh, we don't have guidance on this. We don't have guidance on this. I'm like, you know what? Let that lack of guidance be your frigging freedom because you're right, there's not. And that might be by design because everyone is building the plane right now, you know, while it's flying. Well, yeah. So, you know, kind of allow yourself to not be, to be the best teacher you can be, even if that's, not the best teacher that you were when you were able to be in a classroom. Right. Because you're not. Oh, that's pure improv. Yeah. 100%. 100%. You got to roll with the punches. I want to figure out a way to actually try and work more improv stuff into just training adults and teachers and and things. Um, yeah, but it's, make, it's very. Make sure they pay you for that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, teachers get paid money. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> we're not, we're not the states. We're not going to do it for free. <laughs> Ooh, um, oh. Yeah, if I, was, if I was a teacher in the states, I would not. <laughs> I would not be a teacher. I will tell you that right oh, now. Oh man. Um, yeah, you know, pay, pay, pay me, pay me what I'm worth, uh, yeah. which they do in Ontario. They do. So good. You know, good. Full, full credit. Um, but yeah, I, I, th I think one of the funny things with teachers too is because we do get into this perfectionist mindset, 
Um, and, and I have, I have improvised with other people who have been teachers. And I find that, um, no shade here. The ones who teach elementary are really fun to play with. And then I've improv with a couple teachers who are high school teachers and they have a lot of trouble letting go. Um, and I think I it's the see. age range that you're working with, right? Cause it's like, I can be more creative, but at the end of the day, how much control do you give the people you're playing with, which when you're a teacher is the kids and how much control do you retain for yourself? Good point. That's true. Some it's, uh, you do have to let control go to be a good improviser. That being said, your show Duo Derby is one of the most well-controlled shows <laughs> and well-organized shows. Nick, when we could do this show in person, Kirk would bring out this like board. It was like a very specific and very like well, you know, it was like definitely a teacher board, you know? <laughs> and now I think now that we brought it online, the way that you've adapted it for the online um audience like you i think you're probably one of the first shows to get onto what's the program is it o o odr or obs is OBS? the program that OBS. i run it through yeah yeah so you're one of the first producers to that i saw here in in like the toronto scene to master that and to and yeah i would say master that because oh god i would not but thank you <laughs> more so than so many shows like i haven't even anyway I that's produce, fair. i produce a bunch of shows and i'm like i'm scared to go into that <laughs> world uh but uh, but uh, the shows are so well produced and in this element of like this is the duo that's coming up next and the visuals of like okay please wait while we're you know right before the show's about to start any second now it just makes it such a, a positive experience for the viewer which is great in a time when you can't actually see your viewers yeah. uh and and you want to keep them informed in a way that I don't know, that goes above and beyond just like, okay, the show's going to start soon, I promise. You know, how, what was there, how did you, you must have learned that program really fucking quickly <laughs> because it came up pretty quickly. When was the first Duo Derby you brought online? Oh, geez. The first one was, it was pretty quick after lockdown. I want to say it was early April uh of of 2020 but we didn't stream until the fourth one uh we okay. tried to stream the third one uh which uh you know th th then that's when i learned a lot of things i didn't know about obs <laughs> <laughs> like how to make the audio go on the stream so the audience could actually hear it yeah, um, yeah so that's big part. that's a learn <laughs> it was a massive massive thing uh but but you know it was hilarious too because i'm we're doing the improv show and so many people have so many different skills from broadcasting and performing. They were actually able to talk through, this is how you get it. This is how you get it. This oh, is what cool. works. Then it didn't work. So eventually we were just like, you know what? We're not going to have an audience except for ourselves. Sometimes that's improv. Let's, let's just run the show. That's true. A lot of the yeah. times it's improv. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think it just a lot of trial and error, perfect, to be perfectly honest, trying to just figure out what can I use this for to make the show better. Um, one, thing, one thing I go with teaching too is like, you know, there's some teachers who are like, I use this strategy, I use this philosophy, I use, I subscribe to this school of educational uh, thought. I subscribe to like multiple issues of multiple thoughts and I don't have like one particular form I use. So same thing with uh, the show, you know, whatever I can use to make the show engaging and entertaining for people to A, play in and B, watch. Uh, and I am, I am saying that in order because um, if you're, I, I think, and you obviously know this too, because you've produced a ton of improv on, on real stages, 
um, as well as virtual. If your performers aren't having a good time, it translates so huge to the audience. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. Oh yeah, and, 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 you, and you could tell. Like I've, I've, um, you know, I've been to improv shows, and I've been in improv shows where you know the person is doing their their best to host something and produce something. And it's just, you can tell that they're struggling to do both, right? Mm. Um, and it affects the performers and it just kind of comes off as a weird show. So my whole goal was like, I just want to make this not weird for the people performing and then just enjoyable for the people who are watching at home. Yeah. Good goals. I mean, yeah. <laughs> cover the basics and then like just build up from there. It. But that's the thing. So many people, do, so many people don't look at the basics. Like I had, um, uh, Rayanne, Rayanne Langdon from uh, the assembly. Uh, she, she was, she told me at one point, like, it's like, oh, you know, you should like, you should teach people how to do a show. Um, yeah. like even, even before like do it. And I'm like, well, but, but it, it, to me, it's like, I don't know if I want to teach people how to do a show because instinctively it just seems like things you should know to do, right. You know, start on time, communicate things to mm -hmm. your performers, have a format, give a tech script to somebody. <laughs> Um, you know, so true. what makes your show? And like, I think that was like, there you go. There's my, there's my free shit. There's my free uh, workshop. Everyone you got Welcome it here. To, what you, was my TED talk? Here, folks. Just it's... take the fingers and go through it. And, you know, and I'm just doing like, you know, the, the one show, but if you, if you just focus on that, you can produce something decent. I would say like, you know, online or real world when we eventually get back to that. You know? Yeah for a bunch of people whose art form is based in communication and communicating clearly and communicating, you know, well, and communicating in a, sometimes even, you know, uh, non-verbally, I don't know, the improv fits so many different realms of communication. We are really terrible at just like fucking replying to a damn email. You know what I mean? Just reply to an email. Just it say you want to do I mean, the show. I think the thing is too, improv is also one of those things that like everyone who does improv for the most part is doing improv with something else as well. Um, and we all, we all absolutely love to do it, but you know, it's like I have, well, I mean, so for instance, in the, even in the upcoming duo derby that I have going, I just had a performer uh, have to bail on me yesterday. Uh, because, you know, she had a, a shoot that's coming up and she's like, they've changed the call time multiple times and now it's this. I think they're probably going to change it again, but I don't want to mess up your show. So I'm going to have to pull out. Um, and, and I'm like, you know, what, 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 what am I going to do? Am I going to be upset about that as a producer and be like, well, how, how <laughs> dare you? call your director. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, how dare you make money while I'm, yeah. you know, collecting donations for this fun little show that isn't going to allow you to pay rent you know you know it, that being said if she would if she was to like drop out the day of i think that, you're allowed to be upset if somebody drops out the day of i i think so but again it's it's all a matter of perspective right like why are they dropping out the day of like you know are, right. are you are you literally getting are you getting paid are you getting paid number one like if you're getting paid and you got to drop out the day of that's cool i'm doing this show to have fun i'm doing the show to give uh Give, a, give people like a platform to kind of play as pairs, which um, hasn't existed as much, I think, in the pandemic for online improv. I mean, uh, you know, there, right now, I, I would say in Toronto, what we have, we have the Assembly, we have Bad Dog, and we have Second City. Um, and, and I think like Assembly is doing fantastic stuff with like trying to get as many people into um, kind of old school, long form group improv. Uh, Bad Dog has like just fantastic curated 
um, programming. You know, you know, everyone who's going to be on a bad dog show is like cream of the crop. Um, and, you know, Second City, I know that they have Girls Night In. I've seen a few of their other things put out there and they have their educational program. Um, I don't think it's broadcast in the same sort of way, right, as maybe the other two are. No. Uh, but then it's like, how many shows are there out there where it's like, okay, you know, you're, you don't want to do it in a giant group. You don't want to do it. Um, you know, you might not be at the point where you, you are able to do it on a bad dog level. And we have bad dog performers as well, but right. uh, come to our show. Um, or, you know, it's, it, you might want to have like a larger audience than what the Second City is reaching at this point. Um, so, you know, so my whole thing is like, let's just do something where everyone can kind of come together. We're going to have fun for an hour and a half. You get to play with one person who is a friend of yours that you get to pick. I never pick a duo for duo derby because um, you know, I, I like, I don't know. I'm not going to say you go play with this person. You pick the person, you know, it's, it's your team. And that makes online improv better if you actually know the person you're playing with. If you can't, yeah. Whereas a guess who's coming to improv, you don't know who your partner is. And that's kind of the whole point is can you, yeah. get, can you get better at playing with strangers? But that's a different point. You're, <laughs> that's a different goal. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And with the duo derby, I, I love it. It's a fun little competition show. We got that sort of uh, wrestling e element to it. Yeah. You always bring some some real pros to sort of knock, you know, to just elevate the show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it's it, it's probably as far as Toronto shows, it's you know it's reliable. Like you'll see it once a month. It's well produced. Uh, and it's a, and it's super fun, like you mentioned. So uh, it's, but it's rare. There haven't been that many. So way yeah. to go! <laughs> so well, thank congratulations thank on you. putting together such an awesome show. Thank you. Uh, it's it's, it's tricky in the pandemic. I get it. Like, I, yeah. there's been people. I think a year ago, we all started to try and figure out how we could produce these shows, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of people, it just became hard because either you're in an environment where you're not. Your, your, your mic's off and you're not getting laughs and no one knows if their thing is good or not. Right. Um, you're, you know, trying to figure out a way to replicate what worked on a stage on Zoom, which I think we figured out doesn't work um, as, as, a, as a straight line over. Uh, and then sometimes you put, you know, the, 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 the thing that can be weird about online improv too, uh, you know, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, you see exactly how many people are watching your show. Um, and if you're doing it like in a, at, at SoCap, uh, on a random Tuesday night, and maybe there's not a whole chunk of people in the audience, you're still having fun because you're there with the people and you're having that interplay. You're going back to the bar afterwards. You're, you're talking smack. And then if you're on a zoom show and you're doing that same sort of thing and you literally see two people what? watching the zoom show. Yeah. It, 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 in a way it could be really disheartening. You're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, and like it can be a big that. demotivator for a bunch of people, I think. And I think, yeah, you make a good point because I'm sure you've noticed it. I've noticed it. A lot of performers that we used to see on the regular at SoCap, at Comedy Bar, at Bad Dog are not performing right now. Mm -hmm. you know, they and I hope they come back. Honestly, too. like that's going to be the, the weird thing whenever this eventually opens back up. Who, who decides that improv is still something that they are going to be comfortable putting into their post-pandemic life. True. Um, and also, I'm interested to see, because I know there are probably some people who started improv online. Yeah. Um, how do they, how are they going to adjust to? Yeah. As a know, teacher at, at Second City who adapted to the online classes, 
uh, as soon, like as soon as we could. There are people I've taught who have never done improv on a stage, mm-hmm. and I can't wait for them to be able to. Because <laughs> they're gonna like if they're already enjoying it, like oh, just wait till they get on stage and hear laughter. You know? Oh yeah. Huh. What was that? <laughs> Stop laughing! I'm talking here. <laughs> Uh, and then you also hope that, you know, that some of those people are, have the opportunity to, right? Because I'm yes. sure you've had people who are in, you know, a city where there isn't an improv scene. True. And then what happens to them once the pandemic is done? Like, I think there'll be some form of carryover Zoom prov, but I think it'll be different than what we see now with like, you know, the Bad Dog TVs and the Assembly Tuesdays and the Derbies and all that yeah. as well, where it's, it's going to be more of just people getting together to play. Um, Because I don't think anything beats the live experience. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I had, I went out last weekend and we had a little jam in a park and it was so good. We did all the games that we can't normally, it was short form. We did all the games we can't normally do in (laughs) on zoom and it was so good. It was so good. A lot of clap focus. (laughs) The longest clap focus ever. It was like, this is so good. We just like got all of the like anger out. pandemic uh out of our through our clap um yeah and like a sit-stand bend we're like finally we've oh, been yeah. waiting for so long for this <laughs> uh, I love and, it. and i feel like unlike yeah, i don't know because it's such a collaborative thing like i feel like writers and nick you nick's uh, nick's a writer uh you know writers had like a, a brief moment of like oh god what's going on in the world but then you could get back to your writing you know whereas improv is a little bit hard oh, wait not not ever leaving my house isn't a good excuse to stop writing <laughs> shit <laughs> whereas it's a it's a pretty damn convincing excuse to not continue do improv. improv yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah, even 100%. though i i personally find i was like i've convinced myself that online improv is fun uh, yeah but then I did improv in person and I was like, oh my God, it's so much better. But yeah. that doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it in per- uh, online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's, there's stuff you can do in the online world that you can't do um, in the offline world, right? Like I, I did a, um, a bad dog series with Daphne Joseph um, a couple months ago. We finished Friend up of the and, pod. Friend uh-huh. of the pod. Yeah. Daphne's amazing. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, she, you know, her whole thing at the very start of it, it was like a six month, um, bad dog intensive. And she's like, you know, we need to just get away from the idea that online improv is, is worse or it's not the same, or it won't be as good. Like, it's just, it's different. It's what we can do now. And you can do things online that you couldn't do, uh, in person, right? Like, you know, I can get up in front of my camera, play with camera angles and, you know, have dumb zoom backgrounds. I can grab a hat and all of a sudden my hat is a different character. Yeah. Um, I had, had someone making fun because I, I worked Squirtle. I have a Squirtle stuffy. <laughs> I, re- I was at that show. <laughs> yeah, you were at that show. Yeah, Squirtle <laughs> took over the zoo. Squir- Squirtle was president of the World Bank. That's what happened. I think if I remember, it's all coming back to you. But like, you know, if I just, if I just like was on a stage and, you know, I'm just standing there going squirrel, squirrel, it's going to be ridiculous and it's going to get different kinds of laugh. But all of a sudden, like you're confronted with like a stuffed animal. And I think every, like pretty much everybody in that set had a stuffed, had stuffed animals at some point. (laughs) Yeah, You're not going to see that. Um, And it was just like a weird, hilarious friggin' set. It's true. I I took a class with uh, Susan Messing and Rachel Mason over the course of the pandemic. And they're like, use what you have right here. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you don't actually have to mime a pencil for the first time ever. You don't have to mime scissors. You don't have to mime your cell phone because you actually have your cell phone. 
You know, for the first time, you can use these props that you normally don't have access to. Did you ever get any of the people at the start of it, though, who were so against that? Yeah. They're like, yeah, I, yeah. it was so weird. It was just like, it's like, we can't, we can't use objects. We're improvisers. Like, the object's right there. The reason we mind the object is because we can't get the object because we're on a stage with two chairs. It's true. Now we have <laughs> access to the objects. Like, I have a lighter. I have sunglasses. I have, have, I have Icy Hot. Oh, I am here for all the improv dogma. <laughs> Nothing. People who take it a little too far, you know, like love it. Corey Birch and all his puppets just hanging out. Oh yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm kidding. That's not too much. I love Corey, and I could watch whatever he does forever. <laughs> but yeah, and Corey, people... Corey was a pinch hitter on a duo derby where uh, uh, Chris Chris thought he had COVID, so he had to like literally oh, day no. of be like, I can't do it, and he didn't. He didn't have COVID. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I so say just you know, like who can I get on short notice? Who's a good host, and I can just do easy stick with. Corey, come here, please. And yeah, and literally, I think all of all of the in betweens on the sets were just him pulling out costume pieces, and we just yeah. worked that into it. And like, this is perfect. This is amazing because if this was somebody who I didn't have this with, it would just be an awkward hosting experience. Um, and and being able, you know, so talking about like the tech side of it too, having a co-host when you're doing the tech for your own show oh. is so key. Oh, yeah, it'd be so good. It's yeah. like, Chris, go do something goofy. I'm going to press this button over here. <laughs> I just have to figure out how to use all of this. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chris thought he had COVID is the new NBC hit coming out this fall. <laughs> <laughs> how did you and you and Chris host the show? How did you yeah. two uh, start working together? Uh, so Chris and I, we met at Second City, uh, I think at level D. Okay. Um, I, I had done A through C as a as a unit, and then I took the summer off because um, I'm a teacher, and uh, did did some traveling. Uh, yeah, and then level D just kind of came back, and he was there. Um, and yeah, and then we just kind of you know we we hit it off like we did a couple scenes in a few of the classes together, um, and we just started to you know realize like there was chemistry there. Uh, then we went and did uh, long form part one, and there was a class where I think it was just us two plus another improviser there um just a bunch of people on a sunday couldn't make it so we just ended up doing a ton of scenes together and we're like this is like this we actually have like some really solid chemistry here like how are how are we having this much damn fun uh so you know there was a show at socap um but by, by the name of duo um which was like a duo's only show and i put it out there it's like do you want to go and do this as a as a team it's like yeah for sure let's do it uh and then um yeah we just came up with the the name Cadley Brooper. Um, that, that, that one, that one was mostly because we were like thinking of a couple names and Chris didn't like, I don't think either of us had anything. I'm like, people say I look like Bradley Cooper. So why don't we just, it. why don't we just make ourselves like a bootleg Bradley Cooper team <laughs> and switch the, the C and the BR together. And that's our team name. Did, um, did you know that I went to Humber with Chris's twin brother? You went to school with Dan? Yeah. That's Isn't hilarious. That Isn't that crazy? What a small world. Wow. I know. I know. That is so weird. Anyway, back to you. Yeah, no, back to me. <laughs> Am I the guest or are you the guest? I remember uh, seeing Chris. I think I um, came into sub a class for Chris once, and I was like, uh, like what? Because oh. <laughs> it, he's it, they're identical. Yeah, <laughs> twins, man. It always freaks me out. <laughs> I think they're not actually identical. I think they're fraternal. Oh, but they but, look so much alike. Well, I mean, they they. They're twins. They showed up at the same time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, in the world or on the comedy scene? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think the world in general. Yeah. I, think comedy. I mean, I'm sure their comedy careers went maybe at the start at the same time. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we just kind of kept it together as a duo. We went through uh, the assemblies, long form program, uh, all the way together till the end. And at some point, we we're just like, you know, like let's. Uh, the the, the chain. We were noticing there was a trend in Toronto where there just wasn't a lot of opportunities for duos to play together. Like there was duo, and that was kind of yeah it in terms of just like drop in invitational stuff. So it's like, why don't we do something? Why don't we actually just start up this little tournament? Um, and at first it was, yeah, let's, let's try and just get people we know. And then slowly it started becoming, okay, let's get actual, you know, name improvisers, people who are like been around the scene for a while and they can kind of be our, our big people in the tournament. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of grew and grew from there. So <laughs> the one thing about the online world is you can really get a lot of really good people because no one's doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, they're not. That's true. That's a it's good true. point. They're not, yeah. they're not out working because we're not allowed to yet. <laughs> exactly. It's sad, but it's, it's good for content. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what would you, how about, so when you and uh, Chris play together, mm. what, uh, what would you say your sort of style is? Oh, geez. Um, it, it's very much, uh, I, I would say I play the, the straight man and Chris <laughs> is the one who frustrates. Uh, <laughs> that's that's very much how it goes um you know like he's he's really chris is amazing at just picking something and sticking to it as a game and finding ways to come back to things uh and, and then like i will i will just go at length about a subject um and i can go off on a rant about a whole bunch of different things and then chris will just like bring it back to whatever the game is so it's this great push pull we have together yeah um, and, and at this point too, we know each other as well. So we've been able to do like, you know, fun relationship scenes. We've been able to do, you know, like, um, just, we, there was a scene in the world's biggest improv tournament where, uh, he was my dad and I was coming back home for Christmas. And at one point he asked me, he's like, are you bringing your husband with you? Which I was just like, I was, I was floored with. Cause as a, as a queer improviser in Toronto, most of the time, like it's, there's so many heteronormative assumptions about what's going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, for, to have your partner actually ask you that on stage, uh, it's just like, this is great. We're going to, yeah. we're going to delve into some shit. This is awesome. <laughs> so we actually had this kind of like, it was still funny. Um, you know, it, but it, it actually ended up having like some heartwarming, like, um, Friday afternoon special like stuff about like, you know, how you can talk to your dad and, you know, a father and son coming together about being queer. It's just like, oh my God, like, how did this happen? It's so lovely and real and, and, and that's, that's one of the things I love about improv is that we, we can tackle these, uh, these things that are in, you know, like movies try to portray and, mm -hmm. and, and for some, and sometimes you're just like, this isn't, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. But in an improv scene, you're just kind of like, yeah, this is just normal. This like is more, just... oh, go ahead, more... Nick. Sorry, is it, is it like more immediate and true to like what's actually happening in the world? I think. Feel, kind of thing i feel like it can be if the improviser is being honest yes and i think kirk's a, a great honest performer so i wow. i didn't see that scene but i imagine in my mind i imagine the beauty of it <laughs> i think it, it takes time too for something like that to develop because you know, like when you're when you're starting out you're so much about like this you know i'm i'm going to be ridiculous and this is going to be a laugh a minute and then sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't because it's just so it's so dumb it doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
And then the more you do it, um, you know, and this is this, this goes into the, the teaching mindset as well, too. The more you do something, the more you can sit in a moment where you're not sure if anybody's getting it because you think eventually you're going to get to something that's going to be meaningful. Right. Um, and you become more and more confident with that. I, I mentor um, I mentor teachers at my school um, who are just coming out of the faculty of education. And it's very much like beginning improvisers in that they have a lesson plan and oh my God, they have like a million things they're throwing at their lesson plan. And they're like asking all these questions and they're doing this. And it's like, let's talk about this. And the kids are just, they're, they're, they're excited for the first part. And then you just see them kind of like actively <laughs> disengaged, like what is happening? <laughs> I'm not this is too much. <laughs> uh, but that, but, but that's the thing, right? Like it's, it's, it's finding finding that thing, trusting that you're going to deliver whatever that one thing is, being okay with it not going well, and then just being like, all right, well, tomorrow is another chance to do this again, you know? Oh, that's so important. It's so important to like the next show, you're, you know, the next yeah. show is there, so don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I find mm, on the subject of playing a scene that sort of honestly depicts uh, queer relationships, uh, as a teacher of improv, it's amazing to me how we're totally cool with being astronauts and we're totally cool with being aliens. And we're mm -hmm. totally cool with being like giant monsters or birds or whatever the case may be. And then as soon as somebody endows you as being like somebody in a, in a same sex relationship, people freak out mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, just, just yes. And you know, like. Yeah. Some people so so are so stuck in their like identity yeah. that uh can you oh, I mean it's it's a it's a low key homophobia I think like when people use homophobia as like the actual fear of gay I think that is what happens there um I I've been in classes where people are like oh I was you know he, he called me his husband and I didn't know to do what to do with that it's like okay if it was a female improviser female identifying improviser um who asked you that and said, husband, you would know exactly what to do. Would you then be, and I think the mindset, some people goes like, he said, husband, oh my God, now we have to make out. It's like, no, that's not like, because if it was, if, you know, if the improviser across from you was female, um, it, it, you would not be like, well, now I have to make out with my wife. I hope you wouldn't do that because yeah, that would be crossing all sorts of boundaries. Very often, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right. Um, especially when you don't know that person on the stage, right? So you just do a scene where it's like, okay, we are husbands, cool. It's not all about that. It's about what is going on in the relationship that's causing problems. And you can, like, you know, I've done scenes with female improvisers and I'm not like, I don't know what your lady problems are. <laughs> I only know man problems, um. so... I would La. kind of love to see that scene, though, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> just get in there. Uh, I worry about me doing that scene just because sometimes, like, I, I, um, I, I feel that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open about my queerness. I'm open about being gay. I feel that like I don't necessarily come across on stage um, right away in the way that some other improvisers do, and I'm not saying that's a negative or a positive. Um, but but I do feel like if I did that in in my typical way, it would come across as like I am just an asshole straight man being an <laughs> asshole to this woman, and I would have to lose in that scene so fast, definitely, because otherwise, like I'm just being a dick, right? 
Unless um, people know it's you and they know, unless, know yes. if you're playing to your fans, then they get to delight in you. <laughs> playing to my fans. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's Kirk fans. There's Kirk they're, fans. They're yeah, probably. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a Kirk Well, fan. thank you, Bree. Thank you. Uh, yeah, speaking of fandoms, uh, Kirk, you made the cover of, was it the cover of Now Magazine this year? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't the cover of Now Magazine. It was. It was their it was their their th- top things to do in Pride oh, right. this okay. year. <laughs> I thought that uh, was on the cover. I don't know. No, I mean, it might it, it might have been. I just I don't know what magazines are anymore because I don't go outside and <laughs> right, touch exactly. paper. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, stack of papers. Let me rifle through these. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, but <laughs> other humans could touch them as well. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it was yeah. So, so my buddy, uh, my buddy Brian, he has a place on Young Street uh, that he can take the windows out of. And every year, um, when when we when he could, uh, he would have pride parties where it would you just take the windows out and we would sit in the windowsill and look over pride. And I think one year they just had a photographer out there just taking pictures, like, oh, this is interesting. And I just happened to really like the window seats. So <laughs> pretty pretty much once a year, someone's like, hey, is that you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> but you did, uh, if you don't mind my delving in here because yeah. you did mention on um on facebook that that was there was a time when that wasn't uh, as comfortable for you as it is now yeah. um which i think is is incredible you know i think it's uh it's wonderful to see how we've as a society progressed evolved um but how as a kindergarten teacher this must be an issue that that comes up um, it is and it isn't. I think it depends on where you are and how confident you are and the community that you happen to teach in, right? Mm, yeah. Um, it, it, I teach in a community which um, is very like, if we're talking political stripes here, very um, orange and red, mm. um, progressive, uh, a lot of uh, a, lo- a lot of a lot of younger quote unquote money, where um, people have like. I've become successful. They've had experiences in the world. Um, and it, it's less of a thing there, right? Like we've had kids in my school, we have had, we have uh, kids in my school who have identified as, as queer. Um, we've had kids who have identified um, as trans. Um, actually, I shouldn't say identified as trans who are trans. Um, cause I have to, I'm still learning the language sometimes too, cause it always is evolving. Right. Uh, so, so there it's less of an issue. I do know that obviously, um, I have colleagues who teach in other schools in Toronto where I think it would be more of an issue. Um, you know, uh, some some of them play their cards out for everyone to see. And if the parents want to complain, the parents complain um, and others are more guarded with it. But I think I think one of the things is like I always recognize what my privilege is. Um, and, you know, like God, like if, if the if, if the heteronormative white man is going to not put himself out there um, and say like, yeah, no, I am open about this, uh, you know, and come at me, you know, and take a hit. Uh, Someone who does not have that sort of privilege is going to have a harder time going forward. Right. And I'm not saying that like, I'm, you know, me being out publicly is doing the work for, um, you know, someone who is queer and a person of color or someone who is trans, because those are completely different situations. And, different life experiences right um but but every the the people i'm a firm believer that if you are in a position where you can be out and it is safe to do so 
you should be because that's building the strength for everybody in the community to be able to rise up. And then you can use that to hopefully elevate um, voices of people who may have more difficulty coming out within their own community, right? And it's yeah. also yeah. affirming your own personal truth in the world as well. Yeah. Like you, you don't have to worry about hiding anything. You get to just be yourself. Yeah. Which, you know, straight white dudes yeah, always it. get to do. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. How beautiful is that for a kindergarten teacher too? You know what I mean? To teach yeah. kids like this, be yourself, damn it. That's, you well, know. For kids that age as well, they're really well placed for just, they just accept everyone, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. unless their parents are freaking Nazis or something, but, or, you know, religious, which is, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm dealing Ooh. with some stuff right now. I haven't had any Nazi parents in my classroom. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Thank um, goodness. But, you know, but I mean, I have had parents who've, who've been resistant to things that I've taught before in the past. Um, and they've asked questions and some of some we have reached a consensus with and others yeah. less so. Uh, but, you know, the way I always phrase it with the kids is, you know, inclusion is always going to be better than exclusion because that's just something they get. Every kid has been excluded yeah. at some point. Oh man, yeah. Um, whether it's from a game, whether it's from an activity they wanted to do, um, whether you know someone told them that they had the wrong Paw Patrol toy or oh. you know, shoes are silly. Like they, there's that thing where they get excluded and they get that being excluded feels bad. Um, and you know trying to bring people in and include them makes them feel good and that's something we talk about right yeah. it's like you know and i i've flat out said to parents there's like you know don't you think that's like it's too young for them and like okay so here's the thing let's let's say your child um doesn't meet their first kid with gay parents until grade three so your child has now had five years of not hearing anything and they've they've crystallized their ideas they've crystallized who they are um you're just kind of rolling the dice that when that kid meets the kid with the gay parents, that kid's not going to say two dads, ew, weird. Right. Um, and and mm. that might not be anything for your kid, but for that kid with the two dads, that's yeah. devastating for them. Yeah, right. That hurt. Yeah, yeah. Cause for kids, uh, I mean, sorry for, I guess for a lot for humans <laughs> feeling like you're just, oh God, I want to say normal, but like, you know, accepted in the community and yeah. your social circle is like super important and i think kids are uh like you know way more fragile about it because they haven't built defenses and secured themselves as people yet so yeah like all the anti-bullying inclusion stuff is awesome for kids and i don't know if it's just like our ages but to me like watching my own kids growing up i think kids today are like so nice to each Mm -hmm. other and there's so much focus on like don't bully like there's nothing worse in school yeah. than being a bully and even the kids that do do that like our guys are they're like uh well you know maybe that kid's got some bad stuff happening at home so they're almost even like forgiving the bullies preemptively yeah it's 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 a mindset that i think we just have to kind of move into because um you know like shaming doesn't work Mm-hmm. Um, on any <laughs> level, whether you're trying to shame the, the kid who happens to be um, in, in the minority status into some sort of silence or some sort of, um, you know, false sense of integration, or whether it's, you know, shaming the kid who is having the trouble with bullying behavior. 
um, mm, in, yeah. in the classroom, right? Like I'm very careful with my kids. We identify what bullying, bullying is. Uh, we talk about it, you know, just put it's like a bully and we actually work into math too, because I always, I do this essentially, because bullying is a if pattern. If your class has five bullies. <laughs> over and over and over, right? Um, so, so we, you know, it's, 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 you're always connecting things in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's like, it's a pattern that repeats over and over. So if I see a kid in the class who is starting to be a bully, um, in kindergarten, like I just take them aside. I'm like, so do you realize what you're doing the past three times or most of the time when you're with this kid, you choose to do this, they, they cry, you're making a decision and this happens over and over. Wow. Right. And, and so what is that? It's like, that's a pattern. And if it's a pattern that hurts somebody, what's that called? Bullying. It's like, okay, so is that something that you want to be like, because if that, that if you're, if you practice it, that might end up being what happens. Right. So you identify as bully. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The kid wants to be, he's like, finally, my parents will respect yeah. me now. <laughs> but at that age, no one does like no, no kid no. says yeah. I want to be a bully. Right. Oh, a bully is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they get that. So you just, you know, you, you put it down to that level and, you know, and, and I think at that age, especially kids, kids can change and kids can figure it out. And, you know, and we tell them, it's like, look, if you don't, you know, the, the whole, the whole ad, ad, the, the idiom from people as adults, you know, it's like, if, if you don't want, if you don't like gay marriage, don't get one. Right. <laughs> right. Oh God. Um, yeah. Give me that take all day long. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I, I just, yeah, but I just put that down to the, to the kindergarten kids, you know, like not in that exact thing. It's like, yeah, okay. Okay. So, you know, you don't, you don't like that piece of art that that kid is drawing. They're not drawing it for you. Mm -hmm. They're drawing it for them. You don't like their backpack. They're the one wearing that backpack. It's not for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just, you know, th th there are things that aren't about you. And, you know, you can, if, if you don't like them, you can just choose to not say something in that situation. Yeah. Right. And that's a learned behavior that some yeah. of them don't get because they're very, very, very single synapse kids. You know, there's like, boom, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thing I have to respond to. So that's, that's awesome. And I love, I love that you're doing that work. <laughs> I love that you're creating better little humans. We're trying, uh, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know it's bullying is a, is a big struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it right. is, it is cool. Cause I know Nick was, was talking like, I think kids are, I think kids know the language against it more these days. I think there are still issues where as they start to get older and learn more things because, because they know the system, the ones who want to know how to hurt also can figure that out. So you have oh, to be yeah. vigilant against that as well. Um, so it's, 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 it is a, it is a constant struggle. <laughs> what um you know between that uh to make sure that they're able to come out of it okay yeah and what about what about constant struggles that kirk is dealing with <laughs> knew we were say. gonna get there <laughs> you knew we were gonna get there but we i guess we've talked a, a little bit about you know some struggles with the dealing with kids and i guess yeah, I don't want to make any assumptions, but is there anything that you're uh, that you, that you've been uh, dealing with uh, that on the show we you know sometimes we talk about yeah. time or money or whatever the case may be? Is there something that you uh, wanted to bring up? I think this year, especially, just um, tr trying to find that balance between the things the things that bring you joy and the thing that brings you money. 
Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to say that teaching doesn't bring me joy because it absolutely does. I love my job. I love being able to, you know, be in front of the kids and, and be that guy to a, a room full of kids. Um, I found that for a long time in my life, um, university and like, you know, some, some early, early stuff in my teaching career. And I think a lot of people fall into this trap. You, you get into this thing where it's like, okay, if I am, if, if, if I am taking on too much, I have to drop the fun thing. Oh, yeah. And then you end up cycling too far into the less fun thing and almost increasing your workload in the not fun thing. Yeah. Um, and for someone like me, like I'm, I, I you know, <laughs> I, some people have called me alpha type on certain <laughs> things and I can be, um, but, but I, I will be a person who, if, if I'm not able to do something, I will try and fill my time doing the other thing. And um, there, there, there is a, there's a very distinct possibility of, you know, just getting too deep into something where it's like, this is now not enjoyable, but I'm doing it because I feel I'm obligated or I'm stretching myself in all these, all these different directions. And I've already, and I've given up on this thing that's fun. Right. Um, hmm. Right. So, so it's just being able to find that time, especially in the pandemic, because now, um, you know, teaching, like I said, teaching takes twice as long for me now Ugh. because I have to do all the, the leg work and the computer work on one side. Uh, and then improvising also can take twice as long um, because all of a sudden, you know, like even if you're performing, you're, you're in front of a screen now for an extra hour and a half. Whereas before, you know, it's more of a social thing. You're at the bar, you're going there, you're, yeah. it's, it's a little bit more of an adventure. Um, so, so being able to find that balance between, um, you know, the, the two worlds um, and not burn out on either of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you never, you never want to be, you never want to be good at the wrong thing. Right. You, you want to make let's, sure you're, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I could see a Nick's eyes like, hmm? what? Curious. You <laughs> that mean sounds like, intriguing. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, what is that for you? What is the wrong thing for Kirk? Oh, geez. Wow. Now we're getting real deep into it. I, <laughs> I, th I think the wrong thing for me would be if, if I, I think if I became like the T okay, there was a point in time where I was definitely considering becoming a principal. Um, and you know, I, I had, I had principals and other staff members, um, saying it's like, oh yeah, you, you really should do that. You know, you're really good with this. You're really good with managing parents. You know, you can, you're, you're a really good communicator. Um, and, and there was a point in time where I was like, yeah, you know what? I think that's a career path for me. So, you know, I started looking into it and, um, you know, getting involved with like the things in the school that would put you onto that path. Um, and as I started to get deeper onto it, I started to look at what was required, um, of being a principal and, and recognized, you know, like, all right, I, I could do this. I 100% could go and do this job. I don't, want to <laughs> i yeah. don't want to work until seven o'clock every night with my school planning um and then wake up at eight o'clock the next day and have to deal with that i don't want to have to I, I don't want to have to balance the needs of my staff with the needs of a parent who's uneducated about an equity issue. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to have to fight with the superintendent when something new comes down. I don't want to have to put in a board directive when my staff is 
um, you know, obviously in the right about something and it should be the way that they're thinking, but this is, this is what it is. Right. Yeah. That, um, that, it was never what you were in the gig for anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and I think so many people in so many careers fall into this thing where it's like, wow, I could do that. And I have to advance. And it's like, do you, and yeah. why, right? Like, you know, are you actually, I, I have, I'm a part of a fraternity at my university. Um, and I, I keep in touch with uh, the membership, like through the years down, like we have a few mentorship things. Um, and there's a buddy of mine who uh, he's in finance and, you know, he's, he, he's, he's talked to me a couple of times. Like, yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm just chasing the money too much and I'm forgetting to do other things. I'm like, yeah, well, that's it was always about the love of the numbers. <laughs> well, you know, that's exactly it, right? Like you're, you're doing a job and you're good at your job and your job gives you money to be able to do all these other things around you. Yep. But if you're spending the majority of your day doing this, like, are you actually mm. being able to relax and have fun at the end of it? Right. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's for me, like, that's where, you know, being able to settle on this, like kind of kindergarten improviser hybrid would go because during the day um, I'm, I'm still able to have fun, deliver, you know, awesome, fun programming for the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's high stakes, low stakes at the same time. And that if something blows up, we can, you know, change course, move on, go to something else. They're having a great time. And then at the end of the day, uh, you know, once everything's planned and ready for the next day, I'm still doing something that lets me express the adult side of myself with other adults in a creative fashion. Um, and, and, you know, and then at the same point in time, like I'm able to make money and yeah. buy goods and services. You can continue to live in Toronto and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's the that's thing. Wonderful. Have you, have you, have you played with writing and stuff too? Have you played with comedy writing and other comedy arts or is it strictly improv for Kirk? Um, I've done some sketch comedy, uh, with the assembly this year. They, they actually started up a sketch program. Um, so I've been doing some stuff with that, cool. um, during the pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a different mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be 100% sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot about myself as a writer. I'm learning that, uh, I'm learning that I like to write a lot <laughs> and, uh, that sometimes I can do the same thing with one sentence that I can in three. <laughs> it's true. I remember, oh man, I remember when I started writing sketch, uh, yeah. like a teacher just like xing out my whole first page of a sketch being like you don't need any of this just start here and i'm like oh my god i spent so yeah. much time writing that but yeah i suppose getting editing is uh edit editing is a thing right nick brevity brevity is the art of no just brevity brie okay. walk away from brevity. Brevity. <laughs> as soon as you said brevity i knew what he meant <laughs> brev nick uh, yeah, that's awesome that's cool but it's been it's, it's been one of those weird things too where it's like you know i feel like the pandemic has allowed for that to become an extra creative thing. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, and and we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens when the world opens back up, right? Like, you know, does that become something that you know I keep going with, or that I do like part time, or is it something where it's like, all right, that was a that was a fun experiment for this, and now back to the improv and producing shows and true because similar to improv, sketch comedy online versus sketch comedy in person, that's a very different game that's a very oh yeah game. yeah <laughs> i mean brie like writing is just improv in your mind oh that you have to actually physically write down and do for a long time and then go back and edit sitting down at your computer alone just like improv <laughs> yeah. just like improv 
Nick, up until the last part, I feel you could have taken that to any of the major improv uh, companies and been like, I have a slogan for you. <laughs> it's improv in your brain. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I love it. Uh, so I guess you must be so excited then as somebody who's, who's you know, having, who, who's in the struggles of balancing work and play. You must be so excited for the summer then. Mm. Yes. <laughs> summer vibes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. The, 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 kids, the kids are done. The, yeah. the kids yeah. are 100% done and I do not blame them. Uh, and I, and I do not blame myself. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I do not, I do not blame the education system because it's, it's asking four to six year olds to sit yeah. in front of a screen for 180 minutes every day. Ugh which how many of us can actually sit in front of a screen and pay attention to something that we're actually supposed to be learning for three hours every I single mean, day as adults. Yeah, Gross. I can do it once for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once in a while, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, I get it because obviously part of, our, part of our job is to try and create a little bit of separation so that parents are able to do their thing at home too at this point. I feel that maybe doesn't work as well for kindergarten because a lot of them are immediately, they, they, they listen to what I've said and they're like, what do I need to do now? It's like, I just said, if I was in the classroom, they would know. Right. But screen, right? Like, uh, within the last decade as well, kindergarten has, has shifted to towards so much more emphasis on play mm -hmm. for your learning. Yeah. Like, I don't know, was it a more Scandinavian thing that they noticed was working better or something? But like here in Ontario, it, it, they were shifting towards that. And yeah. you can't do that on a frigging computer. <laughs> like No, it's really, really difficult. Um, and, and there's the, the problem is that you can still do things that are experiential yeah. for the kids, but but it's away from the screen. You almost have to tell them to go and do it. Like and that's what I do. There's times during some of the classes. I mean, one thing I learned is you know, like you're gonna get 10 minutes to do this. If you can show me that you're doing it on the screen, that's amazing. Yeah. But if you're in another room, um, like one thing we did, they, they wanted to learn about frog, not frog, sorry, um, rabbits and kangaroos last week and how they jump so high. So we did, I did two different math activities. Uh, one was a long jump activity and the other was a vertical jump activity. Uh, and each required them to do different things to measure how high their jump was going to be or how long their jump was going to be. Nice. Um, but I knew that like the minute that, the minute I said, okay, go do that with your parents, a lot of them would not would not do it right because mommy's in her crying room well that's exactly <laughs> or, you know or daddy's on a conference call right yeah. so it's it's hard to say go do it while daddy's on a conference call right um and, and then by the time daddy's off the conference call it's lunchtime and you're hungry and you've lost yeah. that time so i just mm -hmm. you know I, I put it out there and have the instructions like in visual form on the screen this is what you're doing i leave it on it's like if you have any questions come and ask me you who's still sitting there, what's up? Do you know what's happening? Yeah, okay, go do it. Okay. And, you know, they need the, they need the specific invitation. Um, so you, you get that experiential aspect, but yeah, you don't get the, like if I was in the classroom, you'd be doing that in a team of four. Everyone would be yeah, jumping. Yeah. Someone would be yeah. writing things down. You'd yeah, they're have... all like little different pods all throughout the classroom. Exactly, yeah. That's... It's all center-based stations, yeah. basically, that sort of thing. Kindergarten um, was the best school year. I love yeah. it. Yeah, like, I think down. they need to do more of it um, going into the older grades as well, nap too. Time. Just nap, nap time. time. We don't do nap time anymore. Oh, we don't do I nap time. Nap time. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with nap time is that you can't 
force a kid to go down um and that sounds weird yep. <laughs> yeah but but it's true yeah you can't force a kid to go to sleep right yeah. um so you know if you turn off the if you, if you turn off the light and that one kid doesn't want to sleep um mm. or doesn't want to take the nap you know are, are you gonna are you gonna fight a four-year-old for wanting to play no <laughs> so um if you if you feel like you need to crash there's our there's our cozy corner mm. go have a seat oh relax um what yeah, but places you know. need cozy corners. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> Workplaces need cozy corners. There's been time during the regular teaching days, days and the before times where I would just go upstairs and <laughs> staff room. I'm like, just no one coming to the staff room for like, just please, no oh, one. Yeah. And like, awesome. and maybe no one would be in there. I'm just got like five minutes of silence. I'm like, oh my God, silence. Yes. <laughs> What's with that guy? Oh, kindergarten. Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although pretty much any teacher during the school day, grade six as well, too. They're just they're, they're recovering from their lack of sleep because they were marking the same Grading paper on ancient Egypt up until eight in the evening. And then they finally <laughs> ate some food. It's like yeah. all of these read the same. What? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's a oh. whole different world. Yeah, we didn't have Wikipedia. They had we no had we had encyclopedia, encyclopedia. Britannica yeah. upstairs. <laughs> they had to I know, think it was awesome. They had to know which encyclopedia we were plagiarizing from. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, Kirk, this was wonderful. I I hope you have the best summer because I think yourself and all teachers who had to go through this crazy year deserve mm, like more than deserve it. Yeah. Oh, you thank you. Deserve, you yeah. Physically need it. Yes. Like, I hope you have the best summer and you take lots of time to relax and enjoy and do all the things or do no, none of the things, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some days where I wake up and it's going to be like, I got all the things. I'm like, nope, change of plans. None of them. <laughs> none of them are happening. This video game looks real good right now. <laughs> I love that it. beach looks real nice. Just mm. whatever happens. But thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm looking forward to having the two months before whatever happens in the fall <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see we'll see what happens improv yeah. the shit out of that when we yes, get to it exactly. oh my god yes and yes and delta what's up <laughs> oh no oh. <laughs> wah, it, wah. is there anything are your shows still running in the summer do you have any duo derbies left uh, yep. that you would like to plug yeah we're gonna the, the plan is to do the derbies um basically until the world opens up again that we can do them in some form uh, online uh, so for anyone who wants to check one out uh, on Facebook, you can find us at Cadley Brooper. So again, it's it's Bradley Cooper with the C and the BR switched <laughs> around. Um, we're also on Instagram at, at Cadley Brooper, and you can check us out there. Um, the shows won't stream there, but it'll give you info on how to check in. Um, yeah, so those will be happening. And then I'm still doing some stuff uh, with the assembly. I'm hosting one of their shows this upcoming Tuesday Ooh. and uh, be performing, be performing yeah. in whatever way I can to have some fun. Nice. What's your assembly troop called? Uh, we, my sketch troop is the art. So the assembly, for those of you who don't know, uh, really do enjoy having um, kind of combined <laughs> pun names, uh, which for better, for worse. So my, my sketch group is the artist formerly known as Prince Harry. Okay. Topical. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the improv group is Alex Tribeca. Oh, may yeah. rest in peace. Yes, may may Alex Tribeca. <laughs> and I'll, may Alex Tribeca go and have thrive. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> many, thrive in your show. Yeah, <laughs> many fun improv shows. Yay! Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kirk, for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Kirk, would you mind doing a little struggle on with us? Sure. Yeah.
You just have to say struggle on. That's so they struggle on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Everybody, struggle, struggle on. on. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. Woo. Thank you. That was fun. Well, that, that was it. That was awesome. Nick, what'd you think? Uh, such like, uh, like fun, fun vibes, positive vibes is Very, what I was oh looking for. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, you, I'm happy that the future is in Kirk's hand, that, you know, future generations are in Kirk's, uh, I was going to say hands, but I should say tutelage. Yeah. Uh, supervision, watchful eyes. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, nurturing support. All of these are good. All yeah. of these. Yes. All of these. Yes. Just um, a, like a friendly dude. Yeah. If you, um, again, if you're interested in uh, Kirk's improv and uh, the shows that he runs and the teams that he's on. Uh, or if you, you want to go to kindergarten again. Or if you want to, yeah, go over. Like like Billy Madison, if you want to do that <laughs> over again. Shampoo is cleans the hair. Sorry. Conditioner is better. It makes the hair silky and smooth. Uh, we could, yeah, we, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you'll be able to find, uh, you'll be able to find links to all of uh, Kirk's projects, like Duo Derby and the different assembly teams that he participates on at uh, our homepage where the episode is posted at the Constant Struggle dot podbean.com um yeah uh, that was it was so exciting and you of course you'll be able to i think you'd be able to follow us while you're there you know while you're looking at our stuff and our website you might as well follow please us. do yeah yeah that would be great if you follow us on twitter we're at struggle pod uh that would be the way to go or engage with us right there on um on the Podbean. page, the, on the website, on the Podbean site. Why don't we, Nick, you know what we do is we don't tell people to follow our own individual stuff uh, uh, enough. I mean, you can follow me at Los Cincos and at, uh, on Twitter. Twitter on too. Twitter, yeah. Yeah. And and I, oh, what? Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Brie. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm on all of the social medias as Brie Watson, but the O is a, a zero. So it's universal, all three big ones facebook i like it Instagram. you know what i mean uh so i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you did you know please tell your friends about it share it around the world for people to listen to or and, tell uh, strangers too or like, tell strangers yeah people yeah, you know we people need, you don't know we need to listen so go that's, to strangers that's too true if you wanted to uh, leave us a review on itunes or apple podcasts as it's called now we would greatly appreciate it and it would really super help the podcast if you did let uh, people know uh, what to expect when they're listening and um and we'll uh, i don't know we'll maybe we'll read one live on the air next time <laughs> joke what, cool. you, looked, you looked scared nick oh no i'm watching the my my barbecue oh, okay. <laughs> barbecuing all right well we i'm, should, I'm heating the coals as we speak Ooh. well we should probably let let you go folks thank you so much for listening and i want to make sure nick doesn't uh, burn down his house so, <laughs> thank <you. laughs> so thanks so much uh ladies and gentlemen follow kirk have a good uh, enjoy your summer and uh Struggle on. on. Struggle on. Barbecue season. Woo, woo, woo.